Your acting resume is like your business card. It serves to make a first impression, tell people the type of work you do, and most importantly, gives them information needed to hire you to do that work. Your acting resume should be a constant work in progress, something you update regularly throughout your career and training. It's time for revamping your resume on this episode of Casting Actors Cast. Welcome to Casting Actors Cast, the podcast and video for actors. Each week, we provide practical, useful information to advance your craft and your career in the business of show. And now, here's your host, casting director Jeffrey Dreisbach. Well, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Casting Actors Cast. I'm Jeffrey Dreisbach. I'm a casting partner with McCorkle Casting in New York. How are you? I hope you're having a great day. I'm having a good day, and I'm really excited to be able to share this episode with you all about revamping your resume. Maybe it's time to take a look at what you are giving to casting people, agents, managers, other industry folks, and maybe it's time to kind of re-examine some of those choices you've made on your resume in order to make it better. Now, this a subject matter about doing resumes is really as a result of seeing so many showcases coming into New York City and having gone to many, many showcases and working with many, many college students throughout the country. And so that's what I'm bringing today is that experience into being a professional. But first, this is that moment of the podcast where I get to say thank you so much for tuning in to Casting Actors Cast. These podcasts have been an absolute pleasure, and I am so excited to have you joining us today. If you haven't done so already, I invite you to check out the website, castingactorscast, all one word, dot com. And there you're going to find some cool information about the show, but you'll also get some freebies if you fill out that form that says dive into the talent pool. That's going to open up a free book that you can download called Conversation Pieces Out of the Studio. It's a voiceover book uh, for professional actors, and it's 100 pages. It's a free book that I wrote, 100 pages, like I said, PDF. You can download that, put it on your reading device if you want to save a tree, and that's all just completely free available to you. Additionally, there's a free video. It's called Casting Secrets, What They Don't Tell You. But guess what? I'm going to tell you this is a free private video. You won't see or hear this information on any other podcast or patio that I've done. Get it? Patio podcast video because we're also simulcasting on YouTube. Um, Also, if you check out the YouTube channel, it would really be great if you could consider uh, liking and subscribing and giving me a thumbs up. By the way, a review on iTunes. If you find this information useful, that's the only thing I ask, is that perhaps you would consider spreading the good word about these podcast videos. Finally, I do have a a couple of other announcements that I need to make, and I'm really, really excited about this. Mark your calendars, please. On May 25th at Pearl Studios in New York City, that's 508th Avenue, from 6.30 to 7.30, I am going to be doing a live broadcast of the podcast That's right. I'm going to be uh, setting up an entire studio and we're going to be doing a live broadcast, all courtesy of Actors Connection. Uh, They've asked that I 
kind of just set myself up and record a podcast. So I'm going to be doing that. Once again, that's on May 26th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. It's absolutely free. Um, if you want some more information, you can go ahead and contact me at my email, uh, castingactorscast, all one word, at gmail.com as well. And speaking of Actors Connection, my shout out to them. They continue to do amazing work. Um, everything is right now online, but they are just beginning to start doing some classes at Pearl Studios. So they've entered an agreement with Pearl Studios, making it available for some live classes as well. So actorsconnection.com slash New York for more information. Working with professionals in the industry is the quickest, best, most efficient way you can invest in your career because you are working with professionals in the industry. Actorsconnection.com slash New York. All right. So, gosh, that was a lot of announcements here today. Let's talk about resumes, the resume revamp. Now, here are some helpful guidelines, and I'm going to also suggest some examples that will help you to format your current acting resume. Now, if you haven't done any of these at this point, please don't beat yourself up. These are not hard and fast rules, but rather what I consider industry standards that will guarantee you're presenting yourself in the most professional way possible. Make sense? So, like I said, these are not hard and fast, but I think you're going to find some of these uh, well thought out, and therefore, that's why they actually become industry standards. So, here are some things to remember. It's amazing to me that I still get these resumes formatted in a bizarre way, and that is that your resume must fit on one 8x10 piece of paper, please. <laughs> Too many times I see resumes printed on 85 by 11 but your headshot is 8 by 10 The fact that it sticks out is just not helpful as we're trying to logistically organize the resumes and the pictures together. Just having that sticking out piece of paper is just... Um, now, I'm not that anal, but it is a little untidy. Um, it is a little less caring for you not to make it an 8 by 10 piece of paper. So if you've got your resume on a word processor, just make the page size 8 by 10 and fill in the resume according to that page size. You're going to be in fine shape. It's not a big deal, but you know what? It is something to remember. Now, number two, I know this is obvious, but I can't tell you how many times I have experienced this firsthand. There can be no typos on your resume. Something about seeing a misspelled word, or maybe you were in a project and you spelled the name of the project wrong by uh, having a typo. I know it was inadvertent and, and not intentional, of course, but just showing a little additional caring on your resume, I think, is going to really put you in a good place. Uh, and I've said this story before. A few years back, I actually received a resume that the person uh, had on their resume as an additional piece of information that they were um, a professional prof reader. <laughs> Do you get it? They misspelled the word proof. They were a professional proofreader. I'm wondering how good they were because it was misspelled on their resume. So no typos on your resume, please. Number three, all names have to be spelled correctly. This can be, and I've had this happen, slightly embarrassing sometimes when a director is recommending you to come in for an audition, we bring you into the audition, and on your resume, the director's name is misspelled. <laughs> 
Yikes! Please don't make that mistake. Taking extra time, letting another pair of eyes take a look at your resume just for spelling mistakes, um, it can be really, really helpful to you, especially because you're working on your resume. I know sometimes you get so involved in it, it's hard to sort of see the forest through the trees. So please consider that. Now, when attaching resumes to your headshot, your 8x10 photo of you, you need to staple all four corners with the flat side of the staple on the headshot and the prongs on the resume. Okay, I know, once again, this sounds a little bit too anal, but you know what? Just in terms of making sure that the resume stays attached to the headshot, that's the best way for the staple to hold on to it, uh, number one. Number two, you're using four, that's less likely to get ripped off or inadvertently ripped away. Uh, also, there's less likelihood that the little tiny um, prong on the staple will catch on another picture or resume only because it's attached to the softer piece of paper rather than the harder cardboard. I hope that kind of makes sense. In, in other words, it's just the cleanest, easiest way to do it. I know some actors who are very careful about this and it's kind of, I like it, and I have to tell you, I like it. <laughs> and that is that they staple right on the border. So you can't even see the staple on the headshot. I don't know, just a thought. Something to spend a little extra time on, I think is well worth it. Now, when you're emailing your resume, it's best, if you don't know this already, I'm so glad to share this with you, it's best to send the file as a PDF. Be careful about sending a Word document. Be careful about sending it in another format, a strictly a text document, for example. Make sure if it's a PDF, it's really easy to print out. The PDFs print out faster, and it just kind of makes sense. So now we're into the resume itself. The top of your resume has your professional name. Now, um, this is a suggestion that if you have a name that's perhaps might be difficult to pronounce. And of course, you know that. If people are mispronouncing your name frequently, then why not include in parentheses or just below your name, why not include a pronunciation guide of your name? Perhaps even a sounds like uh, guide, just so that we understand how to pronounce your name and we don't find ourselves embarrassing you or us because we didn't quite get how your name should be said. Next, a thumbnail of the headshot. It can be the same headshot, by the way, or if you have a different look. This is a great opportunity for you to show me a different look in the form of a thumbnail. For example, uh, they might have a, a, a shot, a thumbnail of them clean shaven. It's just a great way for us to see another look. Same with if you have um, your hair in a certain way on your headshot, but you like to wear it maybe a slightly different way, then that would be a great opportunity as well. So just think in terms of showing me a little bit more information. But guess what? If your headshot and your resume ever get separated, now I've got a thumbnail on your resume. So I can piece or find your headshot, or I can simply use your resume because your thumbnail is there. That is there, by the way, so that I can have an association between who you are and the work that you've done. That's why this is an important tip for your resume. Now, next on the resume is your contact information, your phone number, uh, website, um, your email address, 
By the way, there's no need whatsoever to include your physical address on your resume. It's not necessary. It is not needed. If you have an email, your phone number, how I can get a hold of you and you have a website, those are great things that can be included on your resume. And that means that I can get a hold of you very quickly if I need to. That's why it's useful information. I've gotten some questions in the past about actors being a little nervous about including their cell phone, for example, on their resume for fear that that information is going to get out somehow or um, it's going to get into some nefarious, ooh, good word, hands. Some folks who are not necessarily uh, scrupulous. Ooh, good word. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my answer to that. I have yet to hear of somebody being caught in a bad situation because of a misplaced resume phone number. By the way, if it's your cell phone, you can always filter your calls as well. So it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue. It might have been more of an issue when we all had landlines 155 years ago, but not quite as much now because we have records of all those incoming calls. It's less likely that that's going to be uh, an abused scenario. That's my opinion, but um, I think a, a phone number on the resume is just good, smart business moves. Making it your cell phone is even smarter. Now, the next... Uh, area on the resume just below where your name is is what we call the stats, just your statistical information that is helpful for casting, but is helpful in anybody who might be interested in hiring you, your height. Just making sure that your height is there is very, very good information. Don't be worried about whether you are being seen for a project and you feel like you're too tall or you're too short or you too this or that. Just providing truthful information is all we are interested in. Please do not be concerned that that is going to move you out of consideration just because of your height. Um, if it does, then that's a separate issue that we'll have a discussion about. But in reality, providing truthful information is what we need, especially those film and television projects, especially if we're replacing actors in a theater project because you can fit the costumes. So there's all kinds of additional reasons, but height is a very useful piece of information. Now, the next statistic I want to share with you is completely optional. And that means do not include it if there is any sense that this is uncomfortable for you, but that is your weight. So your weight can be useful information in some circumstances, but not all circumstances. So like I said, make it an option. This is not about body shaming, but this is about providing information that you might feel comfortable with. Um, here's an example. Um, if you are uh, a male and you've worked out and you're in excellent shape, you know, perhaps your height and weight would be useful just in terms of letting us get the impression that you are in excellent physical condition. That's an assumption that we would make. That may or may not necessarily be true, but you see where I'm going. It's just providing that information, but again, make sure it's optional. Uh, the next is, next is pronouns. Um, pronouns are optional as well, but you know what? I highly encourage pronouns. He, him, his, her, she, hers, 
they, them. Those are really helpful, especially because of the times that we're living in, but it's also part of the important information that is now being asked by producers and directors of projects. So please consider your pronouns. I highly encourage you to put those on your resume as sort of a default setting, if you will. Um, there is no need to put your hair color or your eye color on your resume, so I would not put it on at all. It's taking up space. Why bother? That goes back to when headshots were 8 by 10 and in black and white. <laughs> so we couldn't really get a good sense of the color that your hair was or your beard or whatever. Eye color was the same thing. And so we don't need to see that if it's clearly represented on your, your headshot and including, of course, on your thumbnail. If your headshot is attached and you have a thumbnail photo, then I don't really need that information. I think that hopefully will make sense. The next piece of information on your resume should be your union affiliation. If you have any union affiliation, including um, eligibility, be sure to include it at the top, right under stats, if you like. Following that would be agent information. Now, if you're represented by an agent or a manager, you will most likely be required to add their logo and contact information to the top of your resume as well. This is mostly true for those actors who are signed with those agencies or managers. Sometimes in a freelance situation, um, the agent or manager will request it, but it is not necessarily a requirement unless that agent submitted you for a project that you got an audition for. So what does that mean? Well, I know that some actors have and are freelancing with a few different agents. They do a peel and stick sticker and put it on the resume when they show up to a live audition if the resume is being sought. Or if you are on Actors Access, for example, you could make sure that you notate that you're freelancing with this particular agent and here is their phone number. But know that Actors Access, when an agent submits you for the project, that agent is now listed as the agent of record for that particular audition anyway. But um, sometimes uh, an agent that you're signed with or even some freelancing, they might ask you to put their logo, their phone number, their contact information at the top of your resume. That would be something that you would need to have a discussion with because sometimes you'll have maybe freelancing with two different agents. What do you do at that point? It's not unusual for actors to have two sets of their resumes with the name of the agent and manager on two different resumes just in case. Um, it's, not a, uh, it's not that much of a burden, by the way. Um, although at McCorkle Casting, we're still asking actors to bring in their resume. We still, we're kind of old school, I know, but we like those hard copies. So if you are being sent out by an agent, making sure that that information is on your resume would be just most helpful, that's all. Now next, the next part of your resume, and this is the part that everyone wants to really know about the most, I think, is the listing of your credits. Here's some general information about listing your credits. You need to separate your credits by the project type and the medium. For example, film and television, film, television, theater. Theater could be Broadway, off-Broadway, regional. 
So you just need to separate your credits by the headings that you use for each medium that you have credits in. Next, always lead with your most well-known or your most recognizable or your most impressive credits. Uh, understand that we really need to be able to scan your resume rather quickly. And so it's really helpful if you have the most important thing listed in a way in which we can see it. I think of all the criticisms I have about resumes in general, they would be that they're so dense that people have put so much information on them without discriminating about the jobs that they did or their responsibilities in that job that it becomes difficult to read. Please be, be scrupulous with your editing and make sure that you're listing credits that represent who you are now, how you are castable now, and by all means, there's absolutely no need for credits to be listed in chronological order. This is not the same thing as applying for a job at a corporation, where seeing it in chronological order sort of lays out your career in the corporate world. It really doesn't apply in the same way, because you can choose specifically what you want to share on your resume. And so because you have control over that, you can help shape and define not only what you've done and the jobs that you're proud of or the credits that you are, are notable for you, but you can also make a decision about whether you want to focus on film and television opportunities. If you haven't had a lot of film and television opportunities, then that's not going to be the first thing you're going to list. But it may be something that throughout the course of the rest of the resume, you can demonstrate your interest in getting more film and television opportunities. So you can use either a three-column layout or a four-column layout to format your resume. Just know that a three-column layout combines the name of the theater, the production company, and then lists the director. Um, it lists the show, the role, the director. That's a three-column layout. The show, the role, the director. Now, it would be a fourth-column layout if you just separated the show down at this particular theater is now the name of the show, the name of the role, the name of the theater. Now you have the name of the director of that production. So a three- or four-column, equally acceptable how you lay it out. Um, a four-column layout, like I said, separates the director's name into its own column. But the only thing I want to share that I think is most important is that you need to be consistent with whatever format you choose. So non-acting industry jobs, um, for example, jobs such as print work, extra work, directing, stage management, any other non-acting theater jobs, Understand that they ultimately do not belong on your acting resume. Okay, don't don't yell at me. I'm only the I'm only delivering the information. A lot of folks I've seen list a lot of their extra work and things like that. It's okay to not list it. I would much rather see a clean, well constructed well-done resume with only three or four impressive or interesting credits on them than trying to fill up a resume with stuff. I even have college students that include some of their high school experience on their resume. That's just, that just doesn't belong on your resume right now. 
Now listen, if you don't have much experience as an actor yet, that's okay. And it's also okay to list these under a heading, call it related experience. But in other words, you don't need to emphasize all of that extra work, but it can be additional interesting information about you because of that heading. Uh, also, just a side note, there's no need to put references or a reference section on your acting resume. Uh, I've seen many resumes that have um, reviews from papers and, and quotes and all kinds of uh, different interesting formats. Um, you know, your creativity is valued in a resume, but frankly, the more that the resume is in this sort of requested um, this sort of, I don't want to say generic, but you know what I'm saying? It's like it's laid out in a way that's consistent with other actors and resumes. It actually makes it easy for us to make a determining factor about you getting an audition, getting a callback, uh, getting a reference from us. And so something to consider. Try not to go outside of the box too much because then you're drawing attention to your own interesting format rather than the information that you are providing on your professional actor resume. Listen, if you have any questions, please go to the website, castingactorscastalloneword.com, or you can email me, castingactorscast at gmail.com. I hope that this has been helpful for you. Listen, if it has been, why don't you send me a note? Why don't you give me a thumbs up or a like? And I hope to see you next time on the next episode of Casting Actors Cast. Thank you for joining Casting Actors Cast. Please don't forget to review, like, and share Casting Actors Cast wherever you get your patios, podcast videos. Thanks. I'm Megan Grace Martinez. 